Bonnie knows when you plant something, it keeps on giving. Growing from friend to neighbor to community. Generations of gardeners have trusted Bonnie for fresh, healthy vegetable and herb plants. Rely on Bonnie for quality plants, help, and support. Bonnie, gardening with you since 1918. BonniePlants.com You're listening to HeritageRadioNetwork.org, a nonprofit member-supported radio station. We're millions strong, with folks tuning in from over 200 countries. We are education. We are entertainment. We are the future of food. May is our membership drive. Become a member and support us while receiving e-newsletters, advanced invites, special discounts, and a membership card. We need your support. Visit our website and click the donate button to become a member today. Thank you for believing in us, and enjoy the show. Another episode of Eat Your Words on Heritage. Uh, I'm your host, Kathy Irway, and uh, it's a beautiful beginning of spring here in Brooklyn. So I'm very excited to have guests who will help you party appropriately for warm weather. Um, they're the authors of a new book called Ultimate Nachos, and they're the founders of Nachos NY. Um, it's a great blog and party series and cook off series. Um, it's Lee Frank and Rachel Anderson. How are you? We're doing great. Doing good. Cool. So, congrats on the book. This is like this is a big project. You guys have been doing Nachos NY, your blog and series of events for like four years or so. Or Almost we just five. had our fifth Guactacular. Nice. Yeah. And Guactacular is a it's a cook off. Yeah, we give a bunch of people about forty, thirty five to forty avocados and tell them to make the best guacamole they can come up with. Who wouldn't want to do that? That that sounds. That sounds just, that's awesome. It's such a unique cook-off because most people think of guacamole as like a few things, but I, I've been there and I've seen it and people come up with some pretty crazy stuff. So, and you know, also with nachos, I, I, I like the term nachos because, you know, it's like a blank canvas. You can really put anything on it. Um, how did nachos start out though? What does that exactly mean? And What's the history of nachos? The, the nacho was named after their creator, Ignacio <laughs> Anaya, who long, long time ago, not that long ago, actually, but back in 1943, uh-huh. there was some army wives that wandered, wandered into the restaurant he was a maitre d' at. Was this in Mexico? This was in Piedras Negras, Mexico. Okay. It's a small border town. Mm. These, wives, these army wives wandered in and the kitchen was already closed, so... He went into the kitchen and he scrounged together all the things he could find, and <laughs> he found you know, s- some tortillas that he could fry up with, and there was cheese, and he found some jalapenos, and mm. the army wives just loved it. That's awesome. So it's the original Nacho Supreme, because you know, um, you know, there's chips. Obviously, we know fried tortilla chips. It's a great way to use up the old stale tortillas um, for the next day, and those are used in like s- things like chilaquiles, you know, a baked dish. 
um, which is sort of similar to nachos, would you say? They're, I would call, we call them cousins, I think. <laughs> and we do have a recipe for that in the book, too. Kenji Alt from Serious Eats contributed a chilaquiles recipe nice. as well. Nice. Cool. So, yeah. what, so uh, there's so many nachos. There's breakfast nachos here. That looks similar. Um, or maybe like something more like huevos rancheros. I'm not sure. Um, we actually don't have that. I don't think we have a huevos rancheros. Then, then a lot yeah. of like nacho platters are more like salad-like. You know, with, like, just a lot of fresh stuff mixed all around there. And the nachos kind of serve, like, croutons, almost. Like a crunchy Maybe. I think they serve more, like, the the lettuce bed. This one looks like... Okay, you're right. Or, like, bruschetta a little bit. Yeah. How do you eat nachos without becoming a slobbering mess? Some of the nachos there (laughs) that we have, for sure, can make you into a slobbering mess. And (laughs) we, we sometimes encourage forks and knives. But a lot of the ones we came up with are also pretty individually plated and easy to pick up right away but that's no i mean it seems like nachos you have to get a little messy like that's the whole point of it we have some that are like that like a a lot of the ones that we developed early on like our buffalo chicken one and philly cheesesteak we did for when we were watching sports together so we have different recipes for different occasions yeah yeah it seems like almost any you know holiday can have a nachos dish that you know thanksgiving nachos turkey and cranberry and is that is that even in here? Am I just not, did, that's not in the in this sequel? It's yeah. Yeah, we didn't put sequel. it in that one because we didn't know what cheese we'd want to use. Because we were like every time that I was eat, trying to put it together, I couldn't figure out what kind of cheese I, I wanted to have on that gravy. Who needs cheese? It kind of we we like to to keep some sort of cheese going on in there. I see. I see. So that's a that's a essential. So um, do you bake them after you know like it's all assembled, or is that I'm not sure. Because I've seen it done, right? Bake nachos? Yeah, like to assemble the whole platter and then kind of like bake it off so that it kind of melds. Yeah, if, especially if it's a shredded cheese, like a shredded cheddar or yeah. um, something yeah. like that. We put it under the broiler for most of the recipes. Yeah. A lot of the cheese sauce recipes, we just add the cheese sauce after. Oh, cheese sauce. Yeah, we do a, a bechamel cheese mm, sauce in there. Like a Mornay. Yeah. Oh, okay. So this is like chock full of ideas to get really creative and have a beautiful party platter um what's your favorite what's your favorite um it's kind of a tie i guess i would go with the buffalo chicken nachos just mm-hmm. because i i grew up in western new york so buffalo <laughs> buffalo wings are a big thing and then and that was one of the first recipes that i ever wrote and was put on the website probably three years ago now two, is that like shredded chicken with like a tangy spicy sauce yep uh we use yeah we just have poached mm-hmm. chicken so there's a poached chicken recipe in there and then um Use Frank's Red Hots yeah. and butter. That's really all it uh-huh, is. Uh-huh. Um, and blue cheese sauce, oh, celery. So you got your crunch from the nachos and got that sauce. And that one's messy. That one's fun. <laughs> How about you, Lee? I think that one of my favorites, if we're just talking about nacho, uh, the nacho recipes and not the other ones in there, is probably I, I like the pepperoni pizza one. It's a little more mm. assembled. Um Easy to do. That uh, sounds great. Yeah, every bite pretty much gets the tomato, same. Yeah, yeah. You make you spice up a tomato sauce. You add a little uh, pepperoni if you want to have that. Um, basil, like a nice big basil oh, leaf on each chip. Of course, chip. why not? Nice, magical. So, how did you guys come to focus your writing careers and just food uh, obsessions on nachos four years ago or so? Well, Rachel got lucky and she she just fell right into it because I I happened to be a nacho lover for years, Ever? 10, yeah. 20, 30, 50 years maybe. <laughs> um, 
I, I like nachos so much that... In your other lives. Yeah, my other lives, I like nachos a lot. <laughs> uh, the first time I really realized it is that I had been talking about nachos so much in college that this girl I was dating at the time made me, handmade me this, this I love nacho shirt, oh. which lives on to this day. Hmm. It makes it to every guactacular. And became your identity. Sort it became of. my identity. It yeah. introduced me to my, my fiance also. What? This, the same shirt? The same shirt. It wasn't the same girl? Different girl. <laughs> That's so amazing. So so what were your college day like nacho? Were they were they anything like the recipes that we're seeing here in this book? Were there differences, fundamental differences? Less? Uh, they were very different. They were yeah. they were probably involved more microwaves. Uh-huh. More mm-hmm. actually more buying them at restaurants and Cause, yeah, there's Being disappointed. Just a lot of creativity, a lot of like fresh ingredients in interesting combinations. There's the uh, I love this one the the vegan white bean queso sauce. That's beautiful, creamy uh, white bean blend instead of cheese or something. Mm-hmm. That one was contributed to us by Brooklyn Salsa. Oh, nice. their recipes. And you know some some of them. I, I see the more composed ones like the Reuben nachos and those are individual bites that are it's kind of like a crostini like you stack them on each nacho mm-hmm. um, do you recommend people frying their own nachos for the best results or is that, that... that's the, one of the first recipes in the book uh-huh. is, is just how to make your own chips I think people will see it and be surprised some people will be surprised how easy it is okay. and, it's and how way delicious better, it is. Right? Yeah, yeah, it's really great. Way tastier, fresher. You know, you sometimes get that in restaurants where they make their own chips, and I think it makes a big difference from the bagged ones, which are usually coated with some like very fine dust of a lot of salt, which I'm not a fan of. And when you make them yourself, you can put you know cayenne on them if you want, or if you want oh, to do a dessert true. nacho, you can do like a cinnamon sugar dusting on them, and they still taste really good. So you can kind of control... Right, you can put you can squeeze your own lime on it, unlike the ones that that purport to have lime fine dust. I can't stand that. What? What? Why? Why? We don't have a recipe for for chemical dust. Yeah, I like how you don't have a recipe for that kind of, uh, I guess let's say, um, use of the word nachos. You know, we've all heard of the the big you know Frito Lay versions of it, which come in a bag, and and you don't have. You don't recommend. You don't say anything about it. That's not a nacho. I think we no. do say some things about it. Nothing. Nothing, nothing. nice. <laughs> Lee okay. has a few rants in there about what chips. Yeah, you we have use. we have a chips you shouldn't use section in a. Um, okay. Uh huh. Yeah, I talk about scoops for a little bit. Mm-hmm. I don't really like them. Yeah, what? They're just kind of those basket shapes, yeah. right? Yeah, I actually got in a fight with um, <laughs> Dan Pashman the other week from the Sporkful. Because he is, he's decided that it's an innovation to take uh, take the scoops and turn them upside down and make them into dome chips, mm-hmm. and use that as the receptacle for guacamole. Dome chips. Yeah, so turn it just, upside down so it's a dome. So you put a glop of the guacamole on top of yes that, but then it might be really an innovation, but it you. still doesn't seem that great. Oh. I think those those scoops, they're always just broken anyway, so it's just like a regular chip in the end. It's true. Unless you get a small chip, ones. too, because they're only like the size of a you know, quarter almost. I don't know. So uh, more about the chips, though. Um, what about making the tortillas? No? Is that something you've... you've we, I don't see it in here. But we, we didn't, didn't outline it. that. Yeah. I, yeah. I did it a little bit and then just kind of 
scrapped the idea for the book because it was it is very very labor intensive. It looks so easy to do, but it's just very I know. very tricky to get a tortilla press, plastic, you know, using You have to get the wrap. press. Yeah. yeah. And so for people like you can go get a bag of them at the store for a dollar and make Right, the fresh corn tortillas. Yeah, and make right. so many like three times the amount that you would get for that same price in a bag. So we just stuck with stuck with that cuz already we were kind of asking people to do a lot to make their own chips. Right. Yeah, you know, but it's important just to know that and to stick with the corn, the fresh corn tortillas, yeah, corn. not the, not the flour Don't, ones. Yeah, no flour tortilla chips. That's yeah. another no-no. Yeah, that was one thing when we went and um, started to write the book, um, how surprised, like, some people were that nachos are gluten-free. And we're like, ah, it's because you don't use flour tortillas. no flour. So most of our recipes are gluten-free as well. Oh, that's right. Corn is totally gluten-free. Mm-hmm. And then most of the toppings here obviously are going to be. Um, you have a lot of different cuisines, not just Mexican. I, I mentioned the Reuben one. There's a pizza one. Um, what is the most far-out iteration, in your opinions? Like, how far did the travel did the nacho travel for this book? I think some of the dessert ones are oh kind God. of far off, but but they still obvious delicious. when you look at them. Yeah, chocolate yeah, chocolate dipped. Yeah, sweet and salty. Um, a little bit of salt, you know. Um, poached pear. That sounds good. Yeah, the um, the nacho panna cotta one is probably the really strange one that started to taste absolutely gross and then finally brought it around to just using sweet corn and jalapeno where, jelly. I see the photo for the nachos panna cotta, but where are the nachos? Are they like crushed up? It's a sweet corn base. So we, um, we soaked the cream and milk base in corn for a couple hours and then made a jalapeno sweet jelly at the base. So. Oh my God. So the nacho is in the panna cotta. It's like this corn mm-hmm. kind of pudding type of thing. Yeah. And no the, way. The first time that I made that, I actually steeped um, crushed up corn tortilla chips in heavy cream and it was really gross so out of the box yeah well congrats on figuring that recipe out yeah it looks great i was determined to get that in the book i would eat that for sure um so we've i guess uh gotten a little sense of how how far you guys have gone with your nachos exploration let's talk a little bit more about that and more fun stuff you're planning right after a quick little musical interlude You're listening to It Ain't Hard to Tell by the California Honey Drops on the Heritage Radio Network.org. Please don't say you love me when you do how you do. Please don't say you care. Girl, I know you've been untrue. Well, it ain't hard to tell. Like what you hear so far? Support the network and become a member. Membership helps us bring you the best food radio in the world and gives you access to thousands of dollars in discounts at the sustainably-minded businesses that support us. To become a member, visit heritageradionetwork.org today. Please 
say you love me when you do how you do. Please don't say you care, girl. I know you've been untrue. It ain't hard to tell. You've been seeing somebody new. When you kiss and hug me, the way he wants you to, I said, the way he wants you to. Bonnie knows when you plant something, it keeps on giving, growing from friend to neighbor to community. Generations of gardeners have trusted Bonnie for fresh, healthy vegetable and herb plants. Rely on Bonnie for quality plants, help, and support. Bonnie, gardening with you since 1918. BonniePlants.com. All right, we're back with the founders of Nachos NY, Lee and Rachel, the authors also of their new cookbook, all about nachos. It's called Ultimate Nachos, from nachos and guacamole to salsas and cocktails. Very, very fun, user-friendly book um, with those basics like salsa, guacamole, and um, chips. But speaking of guacamole, you guys have an event coming up that's um, quite an annual tradition. Yeah, I understand. It's our, it's our fourth annual Guac Rock Boat Cruise. Uh, we get a boat and go along the so East fun. River for three hours. We have three bands. Um, and we always ask the <laughs> winners of Guacacular to come that and that serve their guac like with the, the boat. Yeah, so they get to enjoy um, the boat cruise and share their guac with everybody again. Oh, cool. Um, so, yeah, and then we probably have like around, you know, anywhere between five and nine different guacs, depending on who shows up. Um, but, yeah, yeah, it's been a been a great event. It's that rained every awesome. Yeah, like, it rains every year while we're out in the water. Oh, and no. People love it. People go crazy for when it starts raining <laughs> and they're upstairs dancing it's in the rain. It's a covered boat. It's so. a covered boat, yeah. It's a, it's a big, like, 300 per- people, right? Mm-hmm. Fit and Yeah, and last year we... It's, like, packed. It's, like, sold out. Yeah, and yeah. last year we, we actually had too many people, which was <laughs> a weird occurrence because... We didn't expect to have too many people. We had to kick some... Some people had to volunteer to leave. Oh, my gosh. Which was even sadder for us to see these people who were like... I see. Hey. Yeah, it's okay if we go. So, what are the bands that... Do you know who's going to be? Because I know it's actually in July, so there's some time. Yeah. So, it's in July 22nd. On July 22nd, we just sort of... Nailed down. Nailed it down, and we don't have any of the bands yet. Some some of the bands that have played before have been uh, North Highlands, uh, The Beats... So mm-hmm. So Glows, um, American Darlings. Uh, we had a band from Philadelphia drive up called Dry Feet the first year. Nice. And then our friend Dan's band, The Fine Machines. The Fine Machines have played too. So it's an eclectic mix of bands. <laughs> That's fun. Yeah. Guac Rock. Then we have a DJ sometimes too. So we just want to have a bunch of people on the boat. And it's, it's like, really when you're in New York, it's like I, I, you can do things on a boat, on a cruise. And like, just, yeah, why not? And it's for some people, it's also the closest you get to going to the Statue of Liberty because we loop right around it or right by it. Oh, right. Yeah. So okay. it's, it's a pretty good view, especially nice at harder. night. Nobody else is really there. Yeah. Um, wow. It sounds like they're doing some construction out there in the backyard of Roberta's here. Thump. Oh, okay. So we're okay. There's no dust flying on, on yet. us yet. Um, so, so. You just had the Guactacular, though. That's also another annual event, and that's the cook-off. And um, I know you guys changed it up a little bit this year. You had amateurs um, in their own competition and then professionals, Mm -hmm. which makes a lot of sense. Yeah, we wanted to expand it because this is our fifth year doing it, so we wanted to figure out how to go big. 
Right. Uh, so we separated. We did a three-hour competition with amateurs. Uh, only like two people had, had uh, competed before that. I'd want to say it was two people. It was not a lot of repeats. Yeah, it was mm-hmm. mostly new new faces. Oh, cool. And wow. then people that competed in the evenings were Brooklyn Salsa, Fanny Garrison from La New Yorkina, oh, Bogota, um, Oaxaca Tacos, um, Chancho's Tacos. Yeah, lots Brooklyn of companies. Didn't you say Mexico? No, did you say Mexico? Mexico did not. No, part- no they were Mexico. there, but um, oh, okay. Yeah, Mexico's food truck was parked outside the Bell House. Oh, okay. Got Dos it. Caminos also competed, and some other. So, how much guacamole did you guys eat? Yeah, I would say more than usual. A lot more than usual. Because <laughs> we've had more time to just breathe, whereas the past years where it's just a three-hour event, it just goes by so fast that you don't even... People come in, they just rush the tables, and everybody's out within an hour. And you That's amazing. Because, you know, whenever I see guacamole on a party platter, I, I, I just dive stand, for it. Yeah, yeah, because it's not going to last. But that's... That's a unique experience. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm looking at the sage brown butter artichoke nachos. Who came up with that one? Because that yeah. sounds really good and it looks good. Yeah, that one was mine. Um, we have a pizza place near us called Barbancino, and they always make a pancetta artichoke and brown butter. Or no, oh. sage. They don't do brown butter in it, but it's sage pizza. And so mm. that was kind of how I wanted to put that into a nacho. Because that's kind of how we approached some of the recipes was... Mm-hmm. Picking our favorite food, and sometimes pizza is used as a similar vehicle as nachos, and so yeah, taking like the toppings yeah. from a pizza and turning it into a nacho is very easy to do. Oh, and who did this uh, nice little asparagus and uh, what is this hollandaise sauce and and ham and asparagus nachos? This this lady uh, Kathy, I think, is her name. <laughs> I don't remember. I'm not sure if that's the right first name. Well, um, I would eat that. That looks tasty. <laughs> In fact, I, I did eat it. Um, how much? It. How much testing did you do for that one? You know, I just kind of, I, I you know, I, I put together my hollandaise sauce recipe and figured that the, you know, asparagus would crisp nicely in a, in a little like oven um, with the nachos. So I kind of just winged it, um, but it it was good. Yeah, that's a know. people people do tell us that they that's a great looking one and oh, delicious sounding one as well. Hey, it's asparagus season right now too. That's right. So, yeah, I'm I'm excited. We didn't get any ramps in. You didn't get any ramps? Not into the oh, book. Oh, in the book. Okay. Yeah, yeah. we missed the se- the season pretty much completely. No, I think it's still going. Oh, oh, the book, for the, the book. The book went into print far too early. Yeah, for those us are a little. Ramps. Those are kind of specific to season, yeah. but I, I like how it's arranged. Um, kind of by how is it arranged? Actually, no, it, they're all the more like saucy recipes are up at the front. Okay, got it. No, it's, it's like small bites. We arrange, like arranged it by breakfast and small bites, like kind of appetizer lunch section, and then the main courses, which would be the bigger ones mm-hmm. that we do. And then dessert. So Was nachos are not back? just an appetizer. They're the whole main course. They can be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you're an ambitious eater, for sure. If you want to eat not, you know, a, whole, a platter of buffalo chicken nachos by yourself. Yeah, the serving suggestions are just suggestions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So so now you guys have a legit cook, cookbook. It looks beautiful. What's next for Nachos NY? I think the next thing we're going to do is probably a movie. Nice. And then a, uh, probably a deep breath and uh, think about Nachos. I think like until a documentary? <laughs> like what kind of movie? Did you say movie? I don't know. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I was just joking. I was kidding. Okay. There's, there's no movie as far as we know. Fine. Um... But maybe, maybe a movie, documentary. Okay. But 
the next I think we're we're just coming back to probably reappreciating nachos a little bit. Mm-hmm. By the end of the writing the book, I think we're a little tired <laughs> of nachos and and now I've been I've been ready to go back and eat a lot more nachos. Nice, yeah. So maybe after this, after we done here. Right. And oh, yeah. Totally. I mean, now that you're at a pizza place, you can be inspired by whatever toppings they have going on at Roberta's and reinvent them to great lengths. I'm just like I'm just so impressed because most people think of nachos as like, okay, ground beef or something really and I I don't like that stuff or like sour cream, you know, and um some of these like just are really my style and it just shows that you can make anything your own like t- take a dish that you didn't think that you may have liked even to begin with and really make it your own so nachos are just that good vehicle for that just because it's some it can be just such a blank canvas i mean you can do whatever you really want to we don't have any rules anymore we found Not that, really yeah. we found out writing the book that there's all of our rules that we wrote and snarky web posts that we put up we kind mm-hmm. of threw away at one point we still have our, our lettuce rule that's that's for yeah, sure that lives true. on what's the lettuce rule oh that we hate lettuce especially iceberg lettuce oh, on our nachos got it yeah. yeah i totally forgot about that existence and i don't see any iceberg lettuce throughout you, the photos nope. you will not ah what is another like rule I, I, in my chips rules other than the scoops i also talk about not having red and green chips because usually when you get those they're it's a food coloring thing so there i don't think you need to add in color on your chips because if you want to have red and green there's obviously tomatoes there's Mm. there's cilantro there's any way to get there naturally i didn't i haven't seen green ones but i definitely had seen the red ones and now you mention it yeah those Mm. are totally food coloring i mean it can't be anything else they're like red 40 it's like super bright right but the blue chips are those okay yeah blue chips i mean they come from blue corn you can also find you know red corn chips but those are not red corn chips when you see them i see interesting so but the blue ones those are also okay because you don't see too many blue ingredients like blueberries that you would put on nachos no Mm -hmm. yeah i don't think we had any blueberries do we no no so keeping it real and and um wholesome and just real ingredients i like that i like that i like where nachos are going thanks to you guys as rules and traditions so what's another like uh, spring right now what are you guys cooking it doesn't have to be nachos if you're sick of it like what's a favorite go-to dish right now um well i've been doing way too much with rhubarb right now been um baking yeah a lot of baking um, I work at Robicelli's making cupcakes. So yesterday it was like strawberry rhubarb compote. Nice. on an oat cake. And this morning was strawberry rhubarb crisps. Tomorrow's rhubarb polenta cake. It's so it's just, wow. it's kind of all we have in the fridge right now. Nice. So. You're right. Rhubarb is one of those things that everyone gets obsessed about for a few weeks and then they boom, forget, yeah. forget about it. How about you, Lee? Um, I'm trying and hopefully diving into grilling very shortly. I just, mm-hmm. I just got a backyard. So... Mm trying to make good use of it so i i think that's going to be the food i make the most um otherwise i'm stuck on perfecting my cup of coffee i guess <laughs> so it sounds like you guys will have a fun memorial day coming up and um i definitely want to create some of these nachos at some of my friends parties uh over the memorial day and fourth of july coming up too so busy season of of food partying to come and thank you so much for all the 
advice and for the wonderful recipes. Thank, Thank you. you. That's about all the time we have for today, but tune in next week for Eat Your Words, and we'll be here again talking with more food cookbook authors. Thanks for listening to this program on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore Radio. You can email us questions at any time at info at HeritageRadioNetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.